genre. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we investigate the gunfights, car chases, and proper action of Hot Fuzz one minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. Today, we're about to go off on Minute 29, which begins with Skinner telling Angel how lovely it is to see him supporting his local store and ends with Angel flinging off his cap to chase a shoplifter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so this is uh, uh, primarily a, an Angel and, and Skinner conversation. Right. Um, sort of. Tina just kind of there, listening. Yeah. yeah. Always listening. <clears throat> Always listening, Tina. Always listening. <laughs> uh, lots of passive aggression uh, and uh, foreshadowing to things that happen later. Yeah, lots of violent language being used. Yeah. Uh, may their heads be struck from their shoulders. For disloyalty. For disloyalty. For shopping at something called a Mega Mart in Buford Abbey, which, like, how much bigger is a Mega Mart than, than the Summerfields? Because, like, this, the Summerfields seems pretty, pretty big. Pretty, like, normal size. Like, not a... Like not where Cameron Diaz went to get groceries in the holiday. Yeah. You know, like, right. like, like, a, like a store. That's like the other shop. Yeah. Is almost like the the holiday shop that you were talking about. This is like a legit grocery. Mm-hmm. So Sorry, I just got lost in the minute. But yeah, no, like I, I, I do really I, I do find myself wondering about this mega mart that, that Skinner speaks of. Yeah. Like is it is it like corp is it maybe it's ugly. Is it yeah, is it like a is it like a Walmart type? Yeah, store? like oh it has no charm. It's just like it's just this massive it's dirty thing and maybe maybe it's not just groceries maybe it's mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff because what we're learning about the nwa or what what we learn about the nwa through watching this movie again and again is that they really care more about aesthetic mm-hmm. and like spirit mm-hmm. more than like whether it's actually a bad thing or a good thing because it's like they don't it's like oh we don't like the thing that they think they dislike most about Mr. Merchant is it his ugly his ugly building, his ugly house. Right. It's like, oh, we hate we hate the human statue because he's tacky mm-hmm. and like the city. So I'd like to think that maybe they don't like Megamart because it's just like, oh God, it's just big, ugly corporate. Yeah. Well, and none of them are incredibly successful. Cause like even Skinner is he is successful in terms of this town, this Relative. village. Much like uh, like Danny's dad. Right. He is a big fish in a small pond. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, or, or a shark as the case may be. Sure. Uh, has he ever voiced a shark before? I feel like he that's should. the thing that should happen. Yeah. Like a Finding Nemo shark. Yeah. Hello, Dory. Yeah. I'm a big old shark. He looks like a shark. If he was an animal, he would be a shark for sure. A, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's interesting. Like I, I, yeah, I, I, I wonder what, I don't know. He's, he, he just loads Megamart with so much meaning in his mm-hmm. delivery. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but uh yeah, so I mean like you were saying, it's not a money thing. It's it's 
it is more of an aesthetic thing. I think you're right. I think if it was appropriate, I feel like Skinner would like buy a buy a Megamart and have that in town. You know, right? Yeah. Like like it's funny how they've all agreed silently without ever putting a point on it in the movie. Every member of the NWA has like decided that their devotion to the village will even supersede their own professional careers. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, like maybe it would be smarter for Skinner to like go over to the Mega Mart, but like, it's not what the end, it's not, it, 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 that doesn't help the greater good. Right. Right. It's all about the greater good. It's fascinating. <clears throat> um, Buford Abbey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's this one bit in here that is very, um, sort of condescending and, uh, and, 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 and passive aggressive where he says, uh, he's, uh, Nicholas says, well, I, I, I better be going. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. I saw you loitering in the organic foods aisle. And I thought that you had, uh, loitering. yeah. And I thought, I thought you had, I assume that you had time on your hands, time. which I, I don't know why he's being mean to him in that moment. Like. Maybe it's just like this. This I think this is stupid. So I'm, that's why I'm using this. But like an alpha seeing another alpha. I don't know. Yeah. Like maybe it's I don't know. Like we we always the 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 stereotype is that like well you know guys will just say stuff directly to your face. You know girls you know talk behind. Her. But I think I think this is such an example of the way men are passive aggressive to one another. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, this kind of like, I'm not going to say this to your face, but like everything that I'm saying is like this weird little dick measuring contest mm-hmm. in my head. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of definitely the vibe I get from toxic masculinity, just like Gillette t- told us about. You know, I haven't watched that yet. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I've met so many men. And they're always in this age group of, as Simon Skinner or Frank mm-hmm. Butterman. And there is this kind of like, oh, I'm talking to an idiot, you know? Like, yeah. Like, no, you don't know how it works. And it's like all unsaid. It's all in, in the delivery. It's all passive aggressive and condescending. And yeah, it's an interesting thing to see nailed so well mm-hmm. on the screen. Yeah. I wonder if I like, I can't. It's something too about uh, Dalton's performance of the line because, like, I think on paper, it, it more or less reads as like, you know, n- he called him back here and Nicholas was like, okay, well, I better get going. And, he, he, you know, and he just walked up there. Like he just, he just walked back there mm-hmm. and he's already saying like, oh, well, I better be going. And maybe, maybe Skinner is taking that as a slight and is saying like, oh, I, you know, I saw you loitering in the organic foods aisle. I thought you had time on your fans. Yeah. Well, you're um, too good for me. Yeah. Right. You're too good for me. You're too good to hang yeah. out. How you know, Dougie? Yeah. And, and so like, I think that that's probably what it was on paper, but. Timothy Dalton turned into something else entirely. Yeah, something very like, much more menacing. Yeah, where it's like, yeah, you can see Frank Butterman kind of being like a, like a like a kind of naughty grandpa about it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry, I thought you assumed you had the time. Like, oh, grandpa caught me not working hard. Yeah, right, 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 absolutely. Um, we do have this great moment where uh, where where Angel says, uh, well, maybe. Maybe you uh, should have been spending less time watching me and paying closer, more attention to him. And then he turns around and he looks and he's like, oh, that's the that's the fridge magnet, mm-hmm. um, you know, George Merchant and uh, sort of explains some things about him. And in the script, he goes a little further and you get the sense of like exactly why they hate him. It's more than just the house. Um, he says that, you know, he built that monstrosity on Norris Avenue. And then he goes on to say he'll validate his par- parking with a paltry Snickers and scurry off to a solicitor's office all afternoon. I don't know what that means. 
You don't know what that means? No. Walk me through that. So so he says he's going to he he parks there, validates his parking by buying a Snickers bar, and then oh. leaves his car there to go do his business I so he see. doesn't have to pay for parking. Got it. Okay. I just yeah. have, I just have to visualize it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. So that's like <laughs> le- that legitimately sucks. Um, and uh, that's that's uh, another reason. But I guess that's not part of the greater good. And so that's probably why they cut it out of the movie is like it's it's too personal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't. It, it breaks. It breaks the movie's rules. Right. The that's movie's cool. rule is that it, it has to be the monstrosity is the reason why <laughs> they're going to ice him um, and blow up his house because they want that gone. Yeah. Not because he's, you know, abusing parking validation. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think of, you know, Stephen Merchant's villager character from a couple episodes back. Yeah. I, I think about what it would take to survive in this community to not get murdered and i think you would just have to be totally unassuming right down the middle not like a stick in the mud or anything and that's kind of the vibe i got from steven merchant's character was he just looked like your most vanilla Mm -hmm. like average citizen absolutely absolutely um speaking of merchant uh george merchant yes he is going to be killed later on and his name once again matches his profession yes yeah. That is that is we're now three for three. The theory is holding, continuing to hold strong. Yes, Tiller, Messenger, Merchant, Merchant, played by Ron Cook, mm. who appeared in Russell T Davies's Casanova. Oh. Uh, one hundred and two Dalmatians, which my blessed mother took me to see in the theater. <laughs> uh, he is he's known for having played Napoleon Bonaparte twice. Wow. Yeah, twice. Yeah, and like like many many members of the uh, Hot Fuzz cast, that Shakespeare performed on the stage screen. Oh my God, he's Mister Magpie in the Idiot's Lantern. Oh, man, a lot of Doctor Who this week. Yeah, I know it's like making up for the past few weeks of people who've never been on it. Um, but uh, yeah, Mister Magpie, the Idiot's Lantern, a bottom five for me. And I believe we are covering it uh, in the next go round of episodes. Coming we up. sure are. So if you want to hear hear my umbrage about the Idiot's Lantern, uh, you can uh, tune into tune into that when we bring that show back later this year. But uh, Doctor Who, there's so much of it. There is. There is. Uh, so yeah. So then um, I so so he explains this to him. About George Merchant, he's like, no, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about him. And he points out the shoplifter, yes. uh, Vanilla Ice from earlier. John Mulaney dressed as Vanilla Ice. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, but the, 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 I think that this is an interesting beat that we can discuss because he says, you should have been paying attention to them. And then he turns around and he's like, ah, yes, George Merchant. And he goes through the whole thing. And for a minute there, for a minute, Skinner thinks that he and Nicholas Angel are sort of on the same team because he legitimately believes that Nicholas Angel is pointing out this random guy coming out of yeah, a car. It, it's interesting in retrospect. Yeah. That it, after being so antagonistic, he's like, oh, yes, we all know about him. Yeah. Right. It's like it's like if Nicholas had been talking about him. Yeah. yeah. Like there, there, there could have been like a moment of sort of, uh, you know, Revelation. Them being like like simpatico, you know, right? Yeah, um, and I think that that's. Uh, I just think that's really interesting. There is like a dark universe version of this movie, not like dark universe, the the cinematic franchise, but like a world where Nick Angel makes this work. 
Mm-hmm. Or instead of like, no, he's like, well, this is where I live. I might as well. I'm not going to die. Yeah. I'm going to bleed. Like, does he become like as big a player as Skinner and Butterman? I think he becomes the biggest player. Oh, man. I really do. He becomes like the, uh, just like the silent, it's like the bank of Game of Thrones. You yeah. Know I mean, just that like you can't beat him. If he, if he, if he uh, agreed with vigilanteism. Mm-hmm. I think for sure. Like Jim Gordon. Yeah. I did just notice that George Merchant parks in a no parking zone. <laughs> yeah. And that's so fuck this guy. That's that's why this is happening. The the bravado in which he exits his car always delights me. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's just the door. It's <laughs> great. Um, but yeah, so then we uh he points out that uh that uh vanilla ice is uh stealing biscuits. He's stealing some hobnobs. It looks like some yeah. s- some hobnob sleeves. Really, just 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 stuffing them down there. Yeah, I mean, he is he. That it's a lot of cookies. It's a lot of co- like. What does he need all those cookies for? Yeah, where are you going, pal? I know. Has he got to go a party to go to? Like he was stuffing he them wasn't down. Done. His, no, he, he was stuffing his, them down his pants when they caught him on camera. Nicholas comes out to confront him, and he's stuffing two more on in either pocket, in either like pocket on his on his. Shirt. What do you call that? What do you, what do you call this outfit that he's wearing? It's like yeah, a jumper. Yeah, it's like well, it's like a swishy Sweat material. Suit. It's like a swishy material. Yeah, right. God damn. Like a like a windbreaker yeah. kind of material. Yeah, ten upon ten of cookies. Yeah, maybe that's why they do share that long like sh- shocked glance at each other. Is like maybe from his perspective, it's like oh man, someone saw saw me steal like eight to twelve tens of cookies, biscuits. So many biscuits. Like, how does he run? How how does he not just, like, how did that fall through his leg? I don't know. I don't know. All those cookies are going to get ruined. They're all going to break. I mean, whatever. I guess he got them for free, but. No waste. My, my, my experience. Well, not free, Scott. My experience with, um, with digestive type biscuits, mm-hmm. uh, which are delicious, by the way, um, for our American listeners, if you ever see any, you should, uh, you should pick some up. Uh, hobnobs. I'm not a big, huge fan of hobnobs. I like. I prefer digestive biscuits over hobnobs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different consistency, but I. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, I think I like. I like digestives more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, my 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 feeling with um with digestives is like if you bump them at all, I mean, they just turn to sawdust. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, like an animal cracker. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's. Uh, I mean, they're even more delicate than an animal cracker. Um, they're like an animal cracker, but more delicate. So it's, yeah. it's just like you bump them at all. They turn to sawdust. So like, those are just going to be just packs of sawdust is mm. what he's going to end up with. But oh well. another dead body with pockets full of sawdust. <laughs> pockets full of saw- sawdust. That's a, that's an album title like for sure. Waits. Yeah. Tom Waits. Got a pocket full of sawdust. <laughs> and I'm throwing them at a scarecrow. I love that stare down though. Oh, it's great. It's so funny. It it's it's perfect. Really, really great eye acting on both parts. Absolutely. And I love I love Nicholas tossing his cap aside it's, as he goes to chase after him. It almost it almost becomes like tuxedo mask level dramatic. Yes. And the game is on. The game yeah. is afoot. Oh, it's so good. The game is afoot. Tina reminds me of uh Mycroft's assistant in Sherlock. Mm, yeah, I could see that. Mm. Sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's uh I think that's all we got here. Yeah. Um for now. But uh 
In the meantime, have you been to our Tee Public store? Duelinggenre.com slash merch. You can get uh, t-shirts and stickers and uh, sweatshirts and mouse pads and mm. all kinds of stuff uh, with uh, the artwork from our podcast on it. Uh, so go check that out. That's duelinggenre.com slash merch. Go there, buy some stuff, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 30 for the greater good. The greater good.